0: I'm Erin Clark, and I am so thankful that you are choosing to spend this time with me today on the good, the bad, and the beautiful. Today is an important conversation that we're having about the devastating effects of pornography on children, but not just leaving you there. We are going to equip you and empower you to fight porn within your family. Today I have a special guest, Greta Eskridge. On with me. She's a nature lover, book reader, coffee drinker. She craves meaningful relationship and loves having adventures. Her faith in God is the lens through which she sees life. She is second generation homeschooling mama four. Um, she's an author, a speaker, and she is passionate about educating parents on pornography and the importance of having ongoing conversations with our kids so i am so thankful i know that you are going to be encouraged and challenged through this conversation today so without further ado grab your coffee grab your tea and let's get started
1: Greta, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today to talk about this important conversation, an ongoing conversation that we need to be having with our kids about pornography. Uh, You're a mom of four kids? Yes. Three boys, one girl. Okay. And how old are they? 17,
2: 15. Those are my two older boys. My daughter is 13 and I have a 10-year-old boy. So... Would get the whole gamut.
1: The whole gamut. So you're coming on the tail end of one of your boys is becoming an adult in the next yes. year or so. And then yeah. you've still got the young kids that you're just in the midst of all these yep. <laughs> conversations. Teens and preteens. It's hormone city over here. <laughs> and do you find with the conversation <laughs> as we're talking about pornography and protecting our hearts um, towards, um, Christ's view of sex and the world's view of sex do you find that with your span of kids does the conversation just stop at a certain age is it an ongoing conversation how does that look well um it's funny because it's definitely very different for my
2: youngest as a 10 year old with older siblings than it was (laughs) when my oldest was 10 I mean when my oldest was 10 there was um there was still just a lot we hadn't covered yet because we didn't need to. Mm -hmm. Um, But now that I've got these three older kids and honestly um, the world of pornography and the, the culture that we live in, which I call a pornified culture, it's everywhere. Um, It's just getting bolder and bolder. And Mm so um, what we're seeing and what, um, kids have access to is changing that my youngest definitely has had more input um, <laughs> than, than my oldest did at the same age. Um, and what we have found, I mean, there are certain conversations that I definitely don't have when he's present or we're having a conversation and he'll say, um, is this a puberty talk or is this a pornography talk And I leave? And <laughs> And if he doesn't need to be involved, because he doesn't always at 10, yeah. certainly the conversations can be different for him, that he has that option. But I love that there is the comfortability mm-hmm. for him to be able to say, hey, is this a puberty talk? I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, is this a pornography mm-hmm. talk? I'm out. Um, and then the big kids, I mean, they know like nothing's off the table. We talk about it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think that that's really important and valuable in this day and age.
1: Um, we're very open in our house as well. I have three girls and I just think it's an imp- important to be consistently having mm-hmm. conversations with the girls, not just the one-off. Okay, we had the yes. talk, we're done. And Total. moving forward, do you find that there's uh, a certain age that we should be starting to have these important conversations or it's just the progression as the years go? And what about the parents who have never talked to their kids about pornography is it too late
2: oh gosh there's so much good stuff there okay I'm <laughs> gonna try to go through each one of those questions <laughs> um I think that um there's two conversations that you need to start when your kids are young um, I think you need to um start a conversation uh, that's ongoing and it's really more of like a culture a, a culture you create in your family of um a view of sexuality that's healthy and you can actually start that when your kids are really little um like when you begin to teach them their body parts you say all the names for all the parts and you don't have a made-up name for an elbow you also don't have a made-up name for a penis or a vagina you say the real words and <clears throat> by doing so you're creating this. Um, culture in your family of openness and um, acceptance for every part of their body as designed and created by God for a specific purpose, worthy of respect and celebration, because we are made in his image. So you start that conversation when your kids are really little, and it just is the way you approach um, sexuality. And then as far as talking about pornography, I recommend that you start talking to your kids around the age of six. Um... And that feels really young. I know a lot of parents sort of gasp or, or like, yeah. like their eyes get deer in the headlights big, you know, um, but that's because kids at that age are already spending a lot of time online. They are accessing current screens. And if they are accessing screens, they have access to pornography. And if you don't tell them what to do when they see it, you are leaving them to be, um, exposed to pornography and to feel, um, just sort of, uh, hurt, trapped, stuck, um, curious, afraid. There's just a gamut of things that they're going to feel and you haven't prepared them for that. Whereas if you have a simple conversation with them, you say to them, There's this thing called pornography. You tell them what it is in the most basic of terms. Um, It's not good for your brain. It's not good for your heart. It's not good for your body. And I need to protect you from it. If you see it, here's what you do. And you give them a simple plan of what to do if they see it. Um, You don't have to tell them it's related to sex in any way. You don't have to give them specific details. They need the least amount of information to keep them safe. And so those two things you can do. When your kids are little, and by doing that at a young age, you are giving them such a head start for a lifetime
1: of um, a healthy view on sexuality. So those are the first two things. Yeah, and that's important because I think like, yeah, when you said six, it kind of um, puts you back a little bit and think, but doesn't that feed the curiosity Mm -hmm. then? And then we shy away from it because it's Mm -hmm. like, well, we don't want to bring anything up. Because they might they'll never think of it, but what you're saying is they don't have to think of it. it's there exactly. right? like if they're spending yeah. time on the internet, um, yes. even YouTube kids stuff is yes. it's sneaky, it's sneaky. it's very sneaky.
2: and I mean there's things like um your kid could be playing an app that is age appropriate, you know seven and under, but there's a pop yeah. of ad that, that comes up. That we seems appropriate, and your kid clicks on it because they're innocent and they have no idea that this pop ad, pop-up ad can lead to something that um, uh, is completely inappropriate for them. But the people who are creating pornography, the pornography industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. They're making so much money and they want to do whatever they can to try to trick all of us, including our kids. access pornography. So if it's, if you've told your kid, Hey, don't click on pop-up ads because we don't know what they're, what that's going to be. And it's not a good idea. Like that's, that is just a safety precaution. That's just a way to help your kid keep them safe. And, and we can't view it anymore as, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to make my kids curious. We need to recognize that um, the pornography industry is basically a predator and we have to protect our kids. And um, it makes us uncomfortable and we don't want to believe that it's real, but it is. And I know the result of saying nothing, the potential harm is so much greater than saying, having this very simple um, conversation with our kids. So we have to be brave as parents.
1: Yes. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah. So then what if, okay, my kid is already 14, 15. Yeah. We've never had this conversation. Right. What do we do? What do you tell parents that are in that situation? Is it too late?
2: Right. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up too, because I, I always encourage parents who have little kids, they're, they're afraid to have the conversation or they feel like they don't want to, but I'm like, Hey, you're in a great place. Cause you get to start fresh, but there are yeah. a lot of parents who are like, well, you know, my kids in high school, like I'm sure they've seen and heard and know about all this. It's too late. I, I won't say anything. Um, but, but we, we can't, we can't approach it from that way. Like we wouldn't say, um, oh, my kid's 14 and he already has heard about drugs. I'm not going to tell him, don't do drugs. We're going to say, don't do drugs. They're (laughs) bad for you. Right. We're going to still have that conversation. And so, um, if your kid's a teenager and you've never talked about this stuff, of course, it's going to be more awkward, but you still need to do it. Um, I think about, uh, the verse, um, that I use a lot in this, this conversation is from Jeremiah 32, 27. Uh, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind is anything too hard for me. And if you think about how God cares for your child and, um, even if your kid's been exposed to porn um, or knows all about it and you feel like (laughs) you can't say anything. um, Remember, it's not too late for God to protect their hearts and um, to protect them, even if they have seen it. Um, Nothing is too hard for God. So you can get a book um, if you feel like I can't Do this by myself. You can get a book to guide you. Um, I'm going to share some books for you to put in um, your show notes. Great, Um,
1: absolutely.
2: There's a book that that I think is phenomenal for teens. It's called How to Talk to Your Kids About Pornography, and it um, is a great place for you to start as a parent because uh, the script is there for you, and it covers things like um, it doesn't just say pornography is bad, don't do it. It tells your child. Like how does pornography impact your brain? Because as a teen, mm-hmm. they can have more information. You, They can know that it causes brain damage, that it's as addictive as a drug like cocaine. They can know that pornography is connected to things like sex trafficking and oppression of um, men, women, and children. Um, they can learn about how like the media is trying to manipulate them. And so they can learn things like media awareness and they can learn about having a digital footprint. Like those are all part of the pornography conversation with your team that you might not even know, like know about yourself or how to, how to talk to them about those things. So if you just get a book and you say, all right, we're going to read this together. And they're going to be like, woohoo. Um, yeah, great. Isn't that good? And I think in that in that instance, you just, you know, y- you could do it with multiple teenagers at the same time because sometimes it helps them feel like if they're doing it with their siblings, the spotlight's not on them. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Or if you don't feel comfortable with that, you could just do one kid at a time and you could, you know, be like, okay, here's uh, hot chocolate, Here's a donut. I'm going to read exactly. this chapter to you. You don't have to say a word. Um, give mm-hmm. them give them the space to be un- to deal with the fact that it's uncomfortable. Let them um, say nothing. It's okay. They're still listening to you. They're still hearing the information. Um, if they have questions, they can <laughs> text you. <laughs> they can. That's good. Yeah, you know, yeah I and mean, work on their. Yeah, let's recognize that it is uncomfortable for them, but don't let that stop you from having the conversation.
1: Yeah. Especially when we think of our role as parents, isn't just for the now, but we're preparing our kids to be adults. Yes, Um, Julie Richard, um, who's a great parenting resource, she talks about how we're not just parenting for the next 20 minutes, it's the next Mm -hmm. 20 years. Yes. And I, I'm always thinking of that with, how I'm teaching them in the kitchen with mm-hmm. their life skills um, spiritually and we need to be thinking about it within the culture of sex yes and how do you balance when you're talking to your kids about pornography because I what I find is is so hard and so sad is that sex and pornography just get clumped mm-hmm. together. So how do we separate that with our with our kids when the voice, of sex is like um, built up in this way or sex is wrong. (laughs) Save it for the one you love. Right. Um, How do we balance that as sex is beautiful? Like I want my kids, even now I think to their future because Mm -hmm. I know how important it is. It's not just a physical act. It's spiritual, emotional. How do you pull those together so that we build up sex instead of just talking about the negatives? it?
2: Well, I think um, really working on creating that healthy sexual culture in your home goes a long way. And um, of course, it's easiest to start, like I said, when your kids are really little, just even the language you use and um, thinking about portraying their own bodies and um, just the bodies of everyone in the family as something beautiful and designed by God. Um, But also when you talk about pornography as your kids get older to always frame it in um, the, the um, understanding that pornography is uh, Satan's way of twisting um, and, and distorting something beautiful that God created. And so that they always understand that it's that, um, pornography isn't what God designed sex to be like, but say, but that Satan has come in and he wants to distort it because he wants to give us a cheap substitute. And it's not, um, it's not what God created and it's not what God designed. And so that if, if we have that understanding as they get older, then, um, the hope is that they'll be able to recognize it for the lie that it is. And then also, I think it's really important to offer our kids, um, true relationship, um, true connection, true intimacy, so that, um, they understand what that is by their relationships with us, their relationships with one another as siblings, even their relationships with their friends. Um, because pornography is again, it's a cheap substitute, um, for intimacy for relationship it, it gives you this idea that that's what you're getting um but it's not it's not true and so um helping them experience what real intimacy and real connection looks like mm-hmm. gives them um uh the tools to say oh this this isn't the real thing i know what the real thing is i've experienced yeah. it with the people i love
1: mm-hmm. yes yeah, that's so good Yeah, you talk about um, five ways to protect your kids from pornography, and I think it'd be really good to go through these because it just makes it so practical. Um, The first one you say is be informed. And so what would this encompass?
2: Um, Well, I think uh, I mentioned earlier, um, I think I did. (laughs) My head's going in so many directions right now, but our kids (laughs) are growing up in a culture that's, um, I, I say it's a pornified culture. Um, Mm -hmm. meaning that, uh, it's, it's all over the place. And so we need to be aware of the influences that are coming into our kids' lives. Who are the voices that are speaking into their heads and hearts about sexuality, about pornography and about, um, what those things look like. So you need to be informed of, um, for example, you know, what your kids are, are watching. So if they're um, watching things on Netflix and or, you know, um, TikTok videos or whatever it is, um, what message is it sending to them about um, respecting the human body? Are they messages of objectification, um, messages of I use my body in a sexual way to get what I want? Um, or I use my body in a sexual way to um, uh, entice other people, but then am I, as the viewer, respecting that person? Um, So think about the the things that are being spoken into them, the the apps that they're using, the things that they're watching, the music they're listening to, even video games. Um, So many video games are really sexualized, the images that your child is just absorbing is that teaching them to look at a human as a human, or are they starting to look at that human, even if it's an animated human, um, yes. as an yeah. object to just to use? Um, mm-hmm. So, so be informed about what is being poured into them. And and I would say for girls, um, one of the things that you need to be aware of is like what are they reading? Um, so many girls mm-hmm. sort of step into. The world of pornography through um, books, or um, what I have found recently is I'm getting um, these ads for short stories that are super erotic. Um they come through Facebook or other ads. And um, so your kid might you're like, my daughter doesn't even like to read. I'm fine. But you don't know, like what's coming through their screen. And you know, yeah. the, the story title is, you know, falling for my um, boyfriend's dad. And it's just like, it's clickbait, right? And they're like, Oh, this is mm-hmm. interesting. And next that's thing you know, thing. they're reading this titillating, um, erotic story. And that's the first step yeah. into porn. So be informed of what your kids are engaging with who who's speaking into their life in the world of sex and
1: pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, don't just. Yeah. I like that you mentioned open. books. Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned books because that's one of those zones that we're like, Oh, we're safe. Mm-hmm. We're good. And yeah. I listen to, I know, you know, Sarah McKenzie mm-hmm. from read aloud revival and she talks about even young adult yes. books. We put kids into young adult books because it's labeled for young yes. adults and then we're like oh wait this isn't actually appropriate so we i know that we don't always have the ability to read every book that our kids are reading but we need to be able to do our research make sure we're helping them find books that fit their interests fit what they love but are still appropriate for them and i think too, even netflix Okay. Yeah, I was thinking even Netflix is crazy with the ratings yeah. that they do. They're yeah. putting shows as 14 plus, yeah. and I've had to turn them off yeah. as an almost 40-year-old. Yeah. Um, so don't just go by the world standards. Totally. And and this is a really good opportunity as your
2: kids grow up to teach them to be discerning. Because you mm-hmm. can't just assume that, um, you know, like they're going to be... 19 or 21. And they're going to be like, Oh, let me call mom and see if she says this is okay.
1: (laughs) Exactly. They need to learn
2: to listen to the Holy Spirit. They need to learn to, um, listen to that nudge that says, this is not good. And, um, we need to teach them to, to actually, to discern for themselves, to not just say, I'm going to put a filter on their phone. They're going to be fine. I don't have to worry about it anymore because there's going to come a point where they either decide to get around that filter because there are lots of ways to do that. Or like I said, they're going to grow up and they're going to have the freedom to make their own choices. And what we want is not that we're relying on um, technology to save us from technology, but we want them to be um, listening to the Holy spirit, um, have a, a hunger and a thirst for what is good and what is right for respecting and celebrating other humans and t- treating them well. Um, and that means saying no to things that are bad. And we want to help them mm-hmm. develop that. And so the be informed is for us as parents, but it's also to begin informing them of how to make wise choices.
1: Yes, yes. I like that because we can't hold their hands yes. forever. And we shouldn't. We're preparing them to be, absolutely, absolutely. Or else they're just doing what, they're just wanting to please us in that it's not for their own growth and their own. Yeah. Connection to God. Okay. Number two was be open. What does this mean? Um,
2: So we want to um, not shut our kids down when they ask us questions. And sometimes that Mm. can be uncomfortable. It can be um, embarrassing. It can be awkward. Um, But it's really important for them to know that they um, can come to us with anything and that, um, we're not going to shame them. We're not going to make them feel bad. Um, whether it's a question or a confession, we're open to them Mm -hmm. and, um, we're going to do our best to meet their needs. So, um, sometimes there will be moments like say you're driving down the freeway and I don't know what it's like where you live, but we have certain stretches of the freeway where where there are these, you know, billboards that are wildly inappropriate Mm -hmm. for a strip club or something. And, um, I remember yeah. as my kids would learn to read, they'd be like, what's that? And, you know, maybe <laughs> there's a three-year-old in the car and they don't need to learn about strip clubs yet. Um, yeah. But I, but yeah. I want to have that conversation with my kids because I want to honor them, even if it's just to say that's something that um, uh, grownups do, that they're making um, choices that are not honoring to God or to other people. Even if that's the answer yeah. I come up with, I want to be able to have that conversation. So I might say in that moment, hey that is such a good question. Um, can we talk about it later? Um, uh, when you and I can have a a cup of tea and talk about it, um, as you know, big hits. Um, but whatever, whatever age you're at, don't shut them down. Um, like I said, whether it's a a question or a confession, be open to them and, um, be willing to delve into hard topics.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's so important. I think It's interesting because we pour into our kids so much at a young age. And then as they get older, we get more nervous Mm -hmm. to have those conversations. And I find sometimes it's within our own insecurities Mm -hmm. that we shut the kids down. We don't feel like we have the ability to answer them properly. Mm -hmm. And so instead, they're not honored. And then they shut down. (laughs) It's such a cycle. So as open as we can be, they'll feel safer to come to us. Yeah. The next one was be prepared. Yes. Um,
2: this one's everyone's favorite.
1: <laughs> I tell parents <laughs> that they need to give their
2: kids a porn plan. You don't have to call it that, but when I call it that, it, people remember. Um, you can Absolutely. call it whatever you want, but you, I, I sort of touched on this earlier. It's when your kids, um, at whatever age they are, um, you need to give yeah. them a plan for how they're going to respond when they come Um they come in contact with pornography and that can be something as simple as um, I remember when my kids were little and we went to a museum and uh, there was some picture of like Moses parting the red sea. And then next to it were some um, nude statues and my kids were little and they said, why are there like Bible pictures and naked people right by each other? (laughs) And so it was a perfect opportunity to talk about um, how we, how they were going to respond to art when we went to a museum. And I said, you know, um, there's some art that really celebrates the human body and you can tell that it's, it's saying God's creation of humanity is glorious, but then you look at some other pieces of art and you could look at it and, and um, it could have naked people or nudes and you feel yucky inside. Like there's a yucky feeling in your tummy. Right. And they're like, yeah. And I said, that's, the Holy spirit um, or your conscience saying, this doesn't feel good. Don't look at it. And so that gave them a plan to listen to that feeling in their body, a physical reaction, because we have a physical reaction, right? Um, mm-hmm. To listen to it, to say, I feel that I hear it. I'm going to look away and I'm going to walk away. I'm not going to look at it anymore because it's objectifying someone. Um, so that was, a porn plan, right? Whether you think there's porn in art museums or not is beside the point. I gave them a, a, a plan for what to do if they saw something that made them feel yucky. Well, that's the same thing yeah. they would do if they saw pornography um, on a phone, on a laptop. If a kid showed them, you know, on the bus or at the baseball field, um, you say. There's um you you identify it. So you tell them there are pictures or movies of people with no clothes on. Depending on their age, you can give more or less info. But the basic yeah. info, identify it. And if you see it, here's what you do. And you tell them to to you know turn it over, shut it down, physically walk away if someone shows them, say, I don't want to look at that. Um, and and remove themselves from the situation. And talk to a, a trusted adult. You might not be available, so give them some other people they could talk to if you're not there. But it's just a real basic plan. It's like a fire drill, right? Like, what do you do if there's a fire? Here's what you do. Um, it's the same kind of idea. They need to they need to know what to do because uh, they could be if they just if they encounter porn um, and you've not talked about it, they can be so shocked um So horrified or like I said before they could find themselves being curious and then go back for more But if you have whatever yeah. their reaction if you've prepped them Then it's not so paralyzing. They have a better opportunity yeah. to walk away
1: hmm. Yeah, that's so important to to make sure that they have the out and that again It's all built upon mm-hmm. the safety of knowing okay, I have freedom mm-hmm. in this and guiding them through, like, if God knows that we are living in a broken mm-hmm. and fallen world. He knows that we will stumble across things or be tempted by sin. He, Jesus himself was yep. tempted yep. by yep. sin. But it's what we yeah. do with that that matters yeah. and the next yeah. step.
2: I um, love that you said that about temptation that. because especially as your kids get older, that becomes a really important part of the conversation. And it's something that I've been really honest with my teens is to say, um, <laughs> Satan's not an idiot. Make, he's smart and he knows that your sexual, your sexuality, your sex drive is one of the most powerful parts of your your humanity. And, um, he wants Mm -hmm. to, he wants to capitalize on that. So if he can tempt you through pornography, um, or sexual images of, of any kind, he will. And so that's a temptation. And what are you going to do when you're faced with that temptation? And we've talked about, um, you know, strategies for resisting temp- the temptation of pornography. And, and I think that's why I like saying you might be curious when you see porn. In fact, as, especially as you get older, you might even have, it might cause a pleasant, like a good feeling because, because we are sexual beings and, and sex and, Absolutely. um, in the context God designed it, it's supposed to make you feel good. <laughs> like that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That is normal. But what then happens with pornography is it takes that good thing and it distorts it. So we need to, um, we need to recognize it when it's something bad and, um, it's a distortion and we need to step away so that good thing isn't turned into something that is, um, that is bad for us and bad for, bad for the consumer, bad for the per, the person who's um, creating it, like being honest about the fact that there's temptation and how are they going to deal with it? That's a really important part of the conversation too.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, the next one is be diligent. <laughs> this one is an easy one too. This is where I struggle with, I would say where, okay, I'm on it. I'm going to do this, 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 and then life happens and you kind of get lazy or sometimes it's not just lazy. It's just, you're moving on and you just kind of forget to be on it. What does this look like to be? Um, Well,
2: I think it means um, kind of keeping up with your kids. Like sometimes we want to do just like, it's just easier to be like, fine, you can have, you know, yes you can have a phone because everyone else in the universe does um i give up um or um yes, whatever, like, yes, it's the cool app. Everybody's doing it fine. And like you said, you're not, not doing our due diligence to inspect whether or not that is uh, a safe app for them to use. Um, even just doing things like letting them know you're going to check a chat history or, um, you're going to, um, you know, just randomly look at the history on their phone or the like Google or, um, you know, their search engines, like, being diligent about doing those things. And I think part of, part of why we don't want to be diligent sometimes is because we're afraid we might find something that um, we don't want to find. Mm -hmm. um, And then we're going to have to deal with it. It's ignorance (laughs) is bliss. And sometimes we don't want to face it and it's hard. Um, But being diligent means we check in with them we say, you know, what's going on? Um, I noticed this on your phone. Can we talk about it? Um, Being diligent about checking what they're playing. It's kind of like taking that when we're informed about what they're engaging with. But then we keep on being informed, we stay up to date with what they're doing. And um, not in a way that's like, I'm, uh, you know, a police officer who, who's trying to catch you doing something bad but um you're the person who's standing beside them trying to help them um grow in a positive way so um you know just being their their teammate their help
1: yes yeah that's good yeah because i really believe that especially if they've been brought up in that way that kids are yearning for their parents to be parents, to to walk alongside them. Um, but I find sometimes we get to a certain age where we're like, well, we don't want to, you know, interfere mm-hmm. too much. But the kids are yearning for it. They're... They're wanting us yeah. to care and to look into it. And I, I appreciate that you said not in a policing yeah. way, but yeah. in a partnership. And I think way. even things
2: like saying, yeah. hey, I just read this article. I want to share it with you because um, I think it brings up some really good points. Um, and Or which I do. I do that to my kids all the time where I'm reading something and I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> you know? or, or saying, yeah, hey, totally. this really amazing. Um, you know, uh, documentary about the way, um, porn impacts the brain, uh, I want to watch it with you because I think it'd be a great thing for you to know more about and, and just being diligent to keep, um, adding to the conversation to, to help them continue to learn and, um, grow and just not, do, yeah, just not doing that. It's a one-time thing. We'll talk about it once and whew, mm-hmm. done.
1: Yeah. One and done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's not like they're going to be necessarily initiating these conversations. Yeah. But if you prep the situation, I like how you said, have a donut, have hot chocolate. Like, don't just make yeah. it a face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Go for a walk. Make it something that you're experiencing together as you're just having yeah. conversations. And do it where they're comfortable yeah. and, and yeah. feel safe to chat. And they will end up. Yeah. Chatting. Yeah, we have some of our greatest conversations because it's like, okay, let's just make this a natural mm-hmm. but intentional yeah. moment.
2: And I think talk. having like regular um places mm-hmm. where you come together to talk, not always about mm-hmm. sex and mm-hmm. porn. I would say the majority of the time you're not exactly. talking about that. Um <laughs> you're just going for a walk yes. to walk the dog every night or going out for donuts on Saturdays mm-hmm. or taking a hike together every month, whatever it is, you have a regular place where yeah. you're connecting so that when the hard conversations mm-hmm. need to happen, um, it's not like out of the blue. You're like, okay, it's time for a talk. And they're like, oh, we don't ever do this. <laughs> like, what, what it's is happening that they're like, oh, okay, that's, that's just what we do. Um, so creating yeah. this, this space for that and, and making it a regular thing is, is crucial. It really is.
1: Yeah, and I guess being informed and prepared also helps you not to have these conversations um, Mm -hmm. out of fear because you're actually coming with data. So it's not just, I need to protect you from this because like, I find sometimes we're doing it on um, like almost coming from behind where it's like, oh my goodness, now I feel fearful. Have you done this? Is this a thing where if we're being intentional we're being informed in these conversations just continually slowly happen throughout their life. It's based more on, mm-hmm. on facts of what could happen, what um, they may see, rather than yeah. just from behind of like, Oh my goodness, is this happening to you? You know? And I, I think yeah. that's important for our own. And people. I think too. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, the am just going to no, piggyback on. No, no,
2: please, I, please, and I think no. that if we, um, like, I love that you said we're not doing it out of fear. Um, if we approach it from for our own, from our own mindset and for them of saying, "Hey, I want you to have the best. When you grow up and you get get married or you have relationships, um, even before you're married, and then once you are married, I, I want you to have the best God designed the best. And that's what I want to give you. That's what I want to yeah. help you have. And so these other things, um, they're baggage that's going to weigh you down and it's going to be such a heavy load for you to bring into your relationships, into your marriage. If we can, if I can help you not have to carry that in and not to have to have that weight, um, but instead to allow, help you walk into, into marriage with, um, um, so much more freedom for um, the goodness God has in store for you. That's what I want to do. So we're not doing it out of fear. We're doing it um, with the the intention of of helping them have God's best plan for them. That is wonderful, and yeah. um, that's what I that's what I want for my kids. That's what I want for my kids' spouses. Um, that's why I do this because I want this for. Um, for the generation that's coming and growing up in this world that is um, being offered this, this distorted view, this um, this destructive view of sex, because that's what Satan is trying to, to to give them and trick them with. If instead we can raise up a generation of kids who who've been offered the truth instead, what a gift we're giving them. So that needs to be our mentality, not um speaking to them out of fear and trepidation, but saying, Hey, this is my chance to give you the best um, as God intended it.
1: Yes. Yeah. And then your last one um, that you say that protects your kids from pornography is be involved. And you've actually written a book. Um it came out in the yeah. last year, I guess. I I have it. I've read it. It's it's awesome yeah. and it's about connecting with our kids adventuring together um why is this important <laughs> it's it's interesting that you um you have <laughs> both of these spheres where you speak about pornography and the importance of talking about pornography and then you talk about the importance mm-hmm. of adventuring together and i really see those that synergy and the importance of both of those coming hand in hand Um, why is this important? Well, I mean, it's like I said
2: earlier that if we suddenly want to have, um, deeply personal and intimate conversations with our kids, but we've built no, um, foundation for it, it's going to be hard for them to get on board. Whereas if we have built a foundation of trust and friendship and connection and, um, that's the foundation we have already. We can jump into or step lightly into um, more um, intense conversations and it won't be so jarring. They're going to be more open. Their hearts are open because our hearts are already connected to one another. Um, I think it also creating, like I said earlier, that space and, and time for, um, for connection it allows just for those harder conversations to happen naturally, because they're not um, they're not unexpected. You've already spent time uh, in the past talking about all kinds of different things. Um, it builds trust, so they know, uh, mom, dad, they care about me, they want to be with me, they enjoy me. Uh, I know I can trust them when I come to them with this scary question or a confession or um, something that's difficult to talk about. So it's the groundwork for uh, we're laying the groundwork through connection with our kids by um, connecting with our kids, we're giving them a safe place to talk about things that um, just feel challenging to talk about, but it's a lot less challenging when you've laid a foundation of connecting with your kids. I chose to talk about connecting through adventure because I think that adventure just drives us close together naturally um, because uh, it gets us outside of our comfort zone. It gets us outside of our routine. Um, It's fun. Sometimes it's challenging. All those things naturally um, drive us towards each other. And also just, I love to adventure. (laughs) I love love (laughs) doing that with our kids. And I think like think about if you, like I said before, like if every time you take your kid out, you're like having these heavy conversations, they're going to push back. Oh, but if gosh. they yeah. know, oh, yeah uh, mom or dad loves to um, hang out with me and do these fun, adventurous activities, um, then mm-hmm. they're excited to be with us and they know we enjoy being with them. Yeah. So it is a great way to build that connection. In order to at some point have to talk about things that are challenging, because that is part of parenting.
1: Most definitely. What is your favorite adventure? Oh, to on um, your well, kids?
2: we hike every single week, um, and it's not like uh, super glamorous, um, but. I love it because it's a consistent, easy thing to do. It's generally inexpensive. It's accessible Mm -hmm. and it can be like we can do, you know, we've done amazing hikes, um, you know, hiking to a waterfall, going to a swimming hole, um, hiking at the beach. Uh, so sometimes it is exciting and glamorous, but sometimes it's just the, just beauty of being outside and being together and, um, yeah, I, love, I hiking is probably our number one adventure. We do it all the time.
1: Okay, and do you make a day of it? Like take a picnic always with you food. sort of always. thing? It
2: doesn't matter or if your it's... kids are two or 12 <laughs> or 17. Food makes food uh, and
1: good snacks
2: make right? everything
1: better. So yes, we always, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That is in California, so she has, we've got beautiful yeah. hikes here in Vancouver, that is but it gets true. pretty I'm, cold.
2: I'm a little, cold and rainy. I'm, I'm, added, I'm a little but... spoiled. We, oh, I mean, last week we were hiking in the mountains and it was, it started snowing. Um, We were stoked because we're like, oh, a hike in the cold, this is the best. But everybody was bundled up like it was a blizzard and <laughs> it was kind of humorous. So you
1: oh, can awesome. hike in the cold, it's just more, <laughs> a little more work. <laughs> Yes, I don't do cold well, so I uh, I have certain I adventure in certain climates. Um, yeah, yeah, and I don't then I hibernate. well. So <laughs> in the summer, we're not hiking; we're just going okay, to the Okay, so there so you go. I get you. I'm the opposite of you. There you go. Okay, perfect. We should places. <laughs> yeah, we all have our things. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Where is your best place to um, to hike um, in California? What, where would well, you recommend? we're lucky to have the beach, the desert, and the mountains.
2: So um, if you want to do the right? desert, uh, yeah. Joshua Tree National Park is a phenomenal place. Um, that's like two and a half hours from where we live. Yeah. Um, it's the yeah, best intense, right? um, if you want to experience desert. If you want to do the mountains and the ocean at the same place, you could go to Northern Cal- Central or Northern California, which is a bit of a drive for me. But you okay. get the redwoods and the mountains going down to the ocean i mean mm. it's like it's phenomenal it's one of the most beautiful places ever so those are my two two like, so you're committed oh, to, will, your oh, like yes, you to your adventure
1: like you you drive your adventures.
2: um we will make it overnight okay. if it's if we need to or a long just oh, a long fun. drive because we listen yeah. to books while we drive and like it's it's cool it's, let's do a whole day. Oh I more love it. Time and more, to connect, more, more time connection. to talk
1: like <laughs> more still more, time on the section. freeway. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love those life moments yeah. that just natural conversations happen because wow. you've seen something or you've experienced something. We had our conversation um, with the world of pornography probably way too young with my kids. Um, I was in Amsterdam um, with a friend and her kids. And we were told, you can go anywhere, just don't go to the red light district. Just don't go to the red light district. We're like, yeah, no, we won't go to the red light district. So we're walking and we go into this store and we've been browsing and we come out of the store and we just turn to the right. (laughs) And my friends and I are like oblivious. And we're like, Oh my goodness, these lanterns are beautiful. These are so nice. Just just a street full of red lanterns and not clicking. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we look to where our kids are just standing mm-hmm. stunned, staring. And it's just naked women in the windows. And I don't know if they can't see out or what, but it's like they're wow. just luring anybody in. And it's like, there's children. Yeah. These are children. Like, stop, stop. And we ran out of there, but those, it was awkward. It was awful for them to see that, but it's, it was natural life conversations. And we, that's our first conversation with human trafficking and why this is important that we fight against injustice and, um, and talk about the value of how God Mm -hmm. sees those women in this. And uh, so we, we have great conversations yeah, because of the exactly. billboards in life that we see. And it's yeah. important to be intentional and, and yeah. have those conversations. Uh, thank you so much for coming today. Is there anything that we did not cover? I think we, we could talk did? about this for a lot longer. I'm sure I, there is stuff <laughs> we haven't covered. I think we could talk all, if- all day long. I'll add in um, your book recommendations um, and also, I'll put a link to your book as Thanks. well, "Adventuring Together" by Greta F. Yep, it is. Is that yeah, how you say your you, last name? I would
2: say the best okay. place okay. to find me, if you want to um, get more info just about how to parent in the age of pornography, is to go is to find me on Instagram. Um, I'm Monpa Modern okay. on Instagram, where you could just search my name. And I have um, some highlights called Fight Porn, and I have book recommendations there podcasts you can listen to um, just a lot of helpful stuff to get started and you can always instagram message send me a message a dm and say i have a question or um i need to know more about whatever it is and i'd be happy to um to chat with you there so if we didn't cover something today which i'm sure we didn't
1: find me on instagram (laughs) which i'm sure this is a very (laughs) broad subject so thank you so much for your time we're so thankful and i know that uh the community here on the good the bad and the beautiful is going to be so blessed Thanks. by this I'm plan glad, so I'm thank glad
2: we you be here and talk about it i appreciate it a lot
0: Thanks for listening today. I trust that you feel encouraged and challenged as you move forward and have these important and intentional conversations with your kids. Thank you to Greta Eskridge for being on the podcast today and sharing your wealth of wisdom and information. In the show notes, you can find the link to her Instagram, to website, to all the resources that she's talked about and more. So thank you for that. I know I sounded like I was in a tin can on this, but we are working on that. Her voice was pure and clear and that was the voice that we needed to hear today. So thank you. As usual, you can find me on Instagram at erin.e.clark or we have a new Instagram that is going to be specific just for this podcast and it's Aaron Clark Podcast. Thank you and have a fabulous day.